Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, I'll be talking about the properties of Turatella agate, a crystal for inner guidance, and I'll be chatting a little bit about this crystal because it's quite an unusual stone. It doesn't seem to follow any of the typical rules for what we might expect from an agate, and I will talk to you about how, believe it or not, this Turatella agate doesn't contain Turatella at all. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Yuna, and Yuna said that they've been wanting to learn more about making crystal grids, but they haven't had the time to dive in yet. So Yuna, thank you so much for asking your question, and I believe that you asked this um, just a while before I actually updated one of our podcast episodes, blog posts, and videos called How to Create and Use a Crystal Grid Step-by-Step. So you can find this on my website at loveandlightschool.com. Just hover over the resource tab click on blog, and then do a search for Crystal Grid. And you will find an awesome post that breaks things down step-by-step along with some really helpful graphics, some images to kind of show you what things should look like every step of the way. There's also a mini video training there walking you through creating your own Crystal Grid. And then, of course, there's also an accompanying podcast episode that you can check out called How to Create and Use a Crystal Grid Step-by-Step. You can also find at the end of that post a special bonus video all about crystal grid activation. This is one part of making crystal grids that sometimes feels intimidating to people, so it has a great graphic representation showing you the kind of directional movements and points of connection that you can create with your activation crystal between all of the stones in your grid. So I hope you will find it helpful, Yuna, and thank you so much for your question. Remember, if you have a question you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. The Crystal Healing Certification Program is coming soon. Want to know more? For info, free training, and to get on the list, go to crystalhealerschool.com. And now it's time to dive into our main topic for today, the properties of Turatella agate. So Turatella agate has definitely got to be one of the most strangely named stones that I know of. 
Most agates, when we think of them, they have stripy flowing bands of translucent to transparent cryptocrystalline quartz. And we can see this really clearly in certain stones like blue lace agate or the lace agate that comes from Mexico, but Turritella agate doesn't show any of the banding patterns that we're used to seeing with other more traditional agates. And because it actually lacks these distinctive bands, it might be better classified as a chalcedony, but the name Turritella agate has really stuck. So the other really strange and very incorrect thing about Turritella agate is that these stones don't actually contain Turritella fossils at all, if you can believe that. The name Turritella agate was apparently actually an incorrect name that was given to this material decades ago. And in fact, most geologists agree that the species that's actually studded inside a majority of this material is Elymia tenera, not a Turritella species. So it's actually the gastropod known as Elymia. So, Turritella agate, a pretty confusing name considering it doesn't contain Turritella fossils and it's not the classically banded agate that we're used to seeing. That said, it is pretty easy to spot and identify because of the little seashell-like inclusions that you can find embedded within the stone. So as you know, I always like to talk about an affirmation that you can use when you're working with each of the stones that I feature on these properties episodes. So the affirmation that I've been using with my Turritella agate is this. I spiral into the center of myself and listen to my inner guidance. This just seems like a really appropriate affirmation because of those spiraling gastropod fossils, as well as the fact that Turritella agate is so good for grounding and centering and being able to really tune into yourself. But let's talk about a few other common properties of Turritella agate. It's been known to boost creativity and support you as you heal your emotions. It promotes a sense of oneness and connection with others. It's also said to help you release unwanted energy connected with things that aren't serving you. And as I mentioned before, it's a great grounding stone, so it's an excellent companion to keep with you during times of great life shifts and changes. It also assists in healing Mother Earth, so if you wanted to do any kind of earth healing work, it's an awesome stone to have around. And some people say that it promotes maturity and responsibility. It also is known for enhancing emotional stability and encouraging new creative ways of thinking. And finally, one of my favorite things about this stone is that it can help increase your wisdom based on what you've learned from your past experiences. So it's really about integrating the lessons of the past. Its color ranges from dark brown or black with some white or tan swirling fossil shells. So like I said, it's pretty easy to identify and there are some great photographic examples of this over on the blog at loveandlightschool.com. Turritella agate is connected with the zodiac signs of Taurus and Capricorn and with the earth element. 
A great companion flower for this stone is bloodroot, and an excellent companion essential oil is ginger. A companion stone for Turritella agate is brown banded aragonite, especially the beautiful dark brown and cream banded aragonite that's found in Peru. Now, Turritella agate is found in a type locality south of Wamsutter, Wyoming in the United States near the Delaney Rim and the Green River Formation. And it might also be found in Colorado and Utah, but the really choice stuff seems to come from Wyoming. And that seems to be the material that's preferred by most lapidaries. So an interesting and helpful stone not quite super accurately described by its name, but a phenomenal crystal companion nonetheless. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning Crystal Healing Certification Program will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Maybe you want to deepen your personal spiritual practice by connecting more deeply to your stones. Or maybe you're already working with crystals, but you want to learn some more advanced energy healing techniques. Wherever you're at on your crystal journey, the Love and Light School's CCH program can help you become the confident and intuitive crystal healer you know you can be. Are you ready to listen to the nudges from the universe and take the next steps on your crystal journey? Our CCH program is here to support you every step of the way. Now it's time for our trending this week segment. And as you know, each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm just really loving that I want to share. And to be honest, when I sat down and was planning out my recording for this episode, I really haven't had a ton of time to take a look at anything new. I have been um, really busy welcoming in a new round of students to my Crystal Healing Certification Program, which has been very fun. We've been doing a lot of live calls and events, and we've been doing some monthly pop-up classes about different types of Jasper, which has been keeping me busy in the background Plus, we're making some modifications to our website, so it's been a little bit busy with work, and then pretty much every free moment, I have been spending out in my garden or in my kitchen cooking. (laughs) So if you are not following me on Instagram, you can find me at Love and Light School and check out my stories, but I've been sharing a lot of little moments in time from my huge vegetable garden. This is something that I try to do each and every year. Um, Unfortunately, last year I had some health issues that really prevented me from having the kind of garden that I am used to. So this year I went pretty big and bold with my gardening plans and thank goodness that I have such an amazing partner who has been helping me with everything. My husband has been so great and um, we have had just the most abundant, beautiful vegetable garden. And although I'm very much a person who loves the autumn. I love the crisp fall air and the cooler temperatures, and I love having 
bonfires at night and truly all things fall. Warm sweaters, crunchy leaves, everything kind of turning that beautiful golden color and the tree is changing and pumpkins and you know everything we tend to think of with the fall. And although I'm really kind of longing for those days, I don't want to overlook this time, this really bountiful time at the end of summer. So I am trying to be present and appreciate each day. And so that does mean a lot of time out in the garden, even though it's been super hot here in Wisconsin, and a lot of time in my kitchen cooking and working with all of the things that we've grown. And we have been so lucky to have tons and tons and tons of fresh vegetables and fruits to share with family and friends and neighbors and co-workers and taking some produce to our local community center and it's been awesome but I'm also trying to preserve some of our harvest and I've made some really delicious things. I made a great salsa verde with our tomatillos and fresh garlic Um, I also just made a garlic spaghetti sauce last night, actually, that um, I didn't can. I instead put that in the freezer. I got some special freezer jars and popped that in the freezer for a little taste of summer sometime later in the winter. I also made yesterday six batches of pesto, so I'll have enough pesto for a little while. I'm going to have to wait for some of my basil to grow back to make a little bit more before winter. But the thing that I want to share with you is kind of a tried and true thing that many of you probably are already familiar with, and that is the Ball Blue Book Guide to Preserving. This is one of the very best go-tos for tested recipes that you can preserve and can yourself at home. I don't know if any of you do canning or preserving. I know it's like seems very off topic for a crystal healing podcast for me to be talking about this, but I just, I love it as a method of connecting with the earth, connecting with my food and where my food comes from. And believe me when I say If you don't have space for a garden, I understand how much of a privilege it is to be able to grow anything. Before we bought this house, we always lived in apartments and it was pretty much a constant struggle to find space to grow even just a few, you know, tomato plants in some pots. Um... And our family has usually only had one car, even with two people working. There was a very short time where we had two cars, but mostly we try and just do things with one. And that was always kind of a bit of a challenge, coordinating things, um, getting plants home or soil home and things like that to grow anything. And so now that we have some space, and I'm working from home and able to kind of tend to our harvest a little bit better, I really am trying to make the most of it. And part of that is, you know, kind of a promise to myself to not have very much waste from that garden. We're producing a ton of food, and so making sure that it all gets 
eaten or saved for over the winter is really important to me. But we also have run into a situation where we don't have much of a kitchen at the moment because we had a pipe burst in our home um, a little while before COVID started. And so then during COVID, we really just wanted to make sure that we were being safe. And for us, that meant um, not having anyone in to do any kind of construction. So we got the kitchen to the point where it was safe and livable, but I have been doing all of my cooking in a small toaster oven and an electric skillet for pretty much the past year and a half, two years. Um, that has been difficult and frustrating, and because of that, I don't have my big water bath canner like I am used to, um, which that has been pretty frustrating. So I've had to find alternative ways of preserving a lot of this food, hence the freezer jars. Uh, we have been able to freeze a lot of things instead of doing water bath canning, but this Ball Blue Book Guide to Preserving is something that I have longingly been flipping through the pages of, looking at all of the amazing recipes, marking things that I want to try next year with all of our produce harvest, and um, also just kind of checking out online what have other people thought of some of these recipes and what did they like or what didn't they like but it's so nice to have a tested resource since you do have to be so careful when you're doing your own home canning making sure that you have the right balance of acidity and sugars and things like that to make sure that your food is safe to eat so it's been kind of fun even though I can't participate in my normal canning exercises it has been still pretty fun to look at some of these recipes see what other people are doing and then make some notes for next year's harvest and I have to say all in all working to preserve some of the food that we haven't been able to eat fresh like our extra tomatoes and things like that in the freezer seems to be working out okay but to be honest most of what we've grown we've had no problem eating because we love our vegetables in this house so that is it. If you have a garden, if you want to try your hand at canning and preserving, or if you have done a little bit of it, but you'd like to do more, check out the Ball Blue Book Guide to Preserving. There's a new edition out right now with over 500 recipes. Well, that is it for today. I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. And if you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And of course, if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And I wanted to give a special shout out to Amanda, who left a five-star rating and a review. And Amanda says, Fantastic. I listen to you every Saturday morning when clearing up the kitchen after breakfast. I have learned it is a great way to get myself centered and ready for the day. You're so easy to listen to and I learned so much about the different crystals that I have in my collection and about those that I might want to incorporate in the future. 
I really enjoyed listening to the podcast with Nick about the ethical mining of stones, crystals, and minerals. I had some idea how diamonds were mined, but I did not realize how far that went into other crystals. That hit me to the core, and I will definitely be considering all aspects of how the mineral got to me when I purchase my next mineral, crystal, or stone. Thank you so much for all of your hard work and dedication to teaching all of your listeners. Amanda, thank you so, so much for this super heartfelt review. I am so glad that you enjoy listening to the show, and I'm especially glad that you listened to the episode called are your crystals ethical? An interview with Nicholas Pearson. And yes, Nicholas is such a amazing friend and expert in the field of crystals and minerals and uh, had so much to share and consider when it comes to the world of ethically sourced crystals. And so if you haven't yet listened to that episode that Amanda was referring to, give it a listen now. It's called Are Your Crystals Ethical? An interview with Nicholas Pearson. So Amanda, thank you again so much for your review and your five-star rating. I really appreciate it. And if you'd like to leave your own rating or review, head over to loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes, or you can visit loveandlightschool.com slash listen to find all the places you can stream this show, places to subscribe through your favorite podcast streaming service, as well as our most popular and most recent episodes. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. Content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.